Alwyn Daddy Jones Baptiste is a master craftsman. To music lovers in the Virgin and Leeward Islands, he is not only a legend, but a pop culture fixture. The master keyboardist, arranger, and beatmaker has been in the business of creating soca hits for decades. There are very few producers that can match his creativity or his record of hits. Daddy Jones has produced for artists and bands on several islands. Growing up on St. Croix, Daddy Jones was encouraged and inspired by his father, Alwyn Baptiste Sr. He remembers literally sitting at his father's side, observing his prowess, not only as a composer, but as a musician. He marveled at his ability and the respect his dad had among fellow musicians. Through his teens, Daddy Jones tried his hand at different sports. He was a high-level performer academically, and at one point thought seriously about going to law school. As disciplined a person as he is, he more than likely would have succeeded. However, as he indicates, he had no choice. Music had a hold of him since childhood, and it would not let go. At carnival time, Alwyn Baptiste puts on his cape and transforms into Daddy Jones, the musical superhero that has inspired legions of keyboardists and rhythm programmers across the Caribbean. He has produced for some of the Caribbean's best, including the late Daddy Friday. Daddy Jones has won coveted road march titles in an unprecedented six countries. As much as he has accomplished, Daddy Jones is not yet done. He has his eyes set on taking his brand of soca production into the rest of the world. He is determined to make the world bounce to a Daddy Jones rhythm. This is the story, thus far, of Alwyn Daddy Jones Baptiste. I am Crispin Brooks, and this is Planet 30. is a musician, composer, songwriter. The man is a legend in the Caribbean. Alwyn Daddy Jones Baptiste. Welcome to Planet 30. Hello. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. Happy to have you, my brother. For sure. For sure. For sure. <laughs> now tell us, Jones, what was it like growing up in St. Croix? Uh, St. Croix wasn't... Um it wasn't bad for me. I didn't have we like we didn't we didn't have much. But my father had actually um, I left when I was when I was pretty young. So growing up was like trying to you know remember the stuff even like when he was there and what he case we didn't like remember. And most of it was just basically uh, music. You know he, he would always have a, a a keyboard set up in our house and. So I could, that part of it, I, I definitely could remember. But at least as my younger age, I was just um, just normal. Um, I had a, a, a neighbor, a good friend of mine, who was really into different things, uh, sports and whatnot. So a lot of times, I would, he would invite me and what a case be. So I, I tried out everything. I tried, um, I tried baseball, I tried basketball. And even though I, I, I did love doing it, it just, you know, 
wasn't me, but I was still forcing the issue. And I was ah, just glad to to do something, to be honest. But then, you know, as much as you, you know, like, I like the basketball, like, what the case, we had, and I can remember, I can remember one time I went to play basketball, and I think this was probably my last time thinking about playing basketball. I remember going to play, and I and I just started to, to you know, play music and whatnot. And I remember going and, and injuring my finger. I remember the first thought coming to my mind was, um, yeah, I don't think this is for me. I, I think I'm going to need my fingers then, so <laughs> I don't got to put this down. <laughs> so. <laughs> and and, like and I said, I, mm. no, I said, I need your fingers, you did. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> oh, that was a plan. That was a good plan. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Now, you spoke about your dad. Tell us about the, the impact and the influence that your dad had on you as a musician. Um, he, 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 was just, he was just like everything. Um, everything that I, I, I know, you know, came from him or, or definitely inspired by him. You can know that, you know, I take what it is that he, he showed me what he was teaching me. Sometimes he didn't have to teach me. Sometimes I just enjoy just watching him walk. And that and his own was his own pleasure, just watching him walk and watching how it is that he walks. Not necessarily what it is he's doing, but how he approached it. You know? so, and I learned, I learned a lot from that. I, I, I really studied that with the KSB. So, and then moving through the years, even even close to our, around uh, his passing, I, I was still doing that. I was still passed by the studio and just sit down and just watch him walk. Um, so that's really enhanced me especially in doing other stuff so a lot of the stuff that I come with still like I still do to this day I'm still doing Calypso mm -hmm. and that's something that he passed directly on to me and you know even when he was passing it on to me I, I still wasn't seeing it but he was telling me listen you know you, you, you gotta learn this when you, when you learn this structure it gonna help you in your creation with the case because you will know how things move and what works and, and, and can also have a, a completely different timing than than than, than soccer and actually actually like a cut time so the the car the, the type of cars and the car changes are just different compared to when you're doing um dance music so he was definitely going to say influential in, in, in that and um I am grateful for that for sure. Among other things, but that's for sure that he gave for me. And to this day, um, I still have you know Calypso clients, and I still support the Calypso shows and and stuff that goes on in the Virgin So that's definitely um, a plus for me for sure. Excellent, excellent. Now, Jones, people my age, people a little older than me, and most definitely everybody younger than me, grew up listening to you and your creations. But who did you listen to when you were a kid and a teenager? Well, like I said, my, my dad was, was definitely the most influential. But along the way, I, 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 I was, you know, trying to find myself and looking for what inspires me. I think um, I've been listening to a, a lot of people talk about the case about, you know, what inspires them. So at that point, I had just get turned on to to seventeen plus, and I mean, like, I really went and study, like, study what these them were doing, you know, studying how they were arranging the, the choice of, 
you know, they, they just use what they want. They didn't care about what was going on on the left field, on the right field. You know, this is what it is that we're representing. And I always, I think I patted myself after that. Mm. And it didn't matter what it is, you know, Jamban were doing or or China Dan or whatever case be. I just wanted to do me, how it is I feel and how it is I feel. So, uh, like I said, 17 plus was definitely the most influential um, I boots for Jamban was also influential as well, but in a different way. I think with with boots, studying boots, it was more studying the drive of the music. You know where where you gonna take you? How you gonna how you gonna get from point A to point B? How you gonna keep that drive on? Or how you gonna keep the people them interested? Or in whatever case be. Whereas seventeen plus to me was a little more creative. Um, as far as melodies and, and the, the, the stuff that they were singing about, oh, that was just on a, on, a, on a different tone to me. So I had a lot of influence. Um, I can always say, you know, I would listen to my father and take a little piece from here, uh, listen to seven, listen to 17 plus, listen to the melodies. Um, one song for 17 plus that always triggered me was um, uh, Goofy with Trump, you know. Classic. So uh, when you hear that, the rule, rule, but listen, I, I tell you, I mean, it had nothing else in the world better than that. I tell you, that was like, that was my Michael Jackson to me. And and the me- and big, the big, melodies big, that they use in that song especially. Craziness, craziness. The, the choice of <laughs> arrangement, where they were going, they were, they were pulling you and taking you back and pulling you. And you and you as a, just a, even a, just a, from a listening point of view, you know, they, they just have you all over the place into this one song. And... And still, now to the end of it, still drop a rhythm, you know. So a lot that would just um, influence me a lot, especially. And then moving on to maybe up to the other day, I was just sitting out listening to some old man, and I was mostly listening to the ones that that boots really arranged, Kian Kelly, and just craziness. Like you know, nobody does that. Nobody does that anymore. Nobody looks at music like that anymore when it case me. So those stuff has you know has stand the test of time. So they they help. In me creating the Daddy Jones so and, and not that I took anything from them I just had the, the freedom to be me mm-hmm. and I continue to have the freedom to be me and that's and that's in itself is a blessing interesting that in itself is a blessing for me what, what, at what age do you remember composing your first rhythm uh, that could be a hard question um, when I I used to play on a bank called Generation I was not the, the rhythm man. Don't you were the singer? He does um, sound <laughs> system. No, I was actually the keyboard man. I was the keyboard man. Okay. We had a rhythm man and we had two keyboard man. Okay. So and I, I can remember if my memory served me when I remember playing around with, with the drum machine when Popular had it and I did some programming then. Like programming with a KSP. Um I don't think nothing to brag about with the case, but I, I had a better and I had an understanding from from Popular. He had some of the older drum machines before me. The the DDD one, like what seventeen plus made made famous around here. Uh, we had that. So I did some work on that with the case be. So I can't remember a, a distinct rhythm I could say like maybe it's the first with the case we but I could know that's when it is I started to actually toy with, with programming at that level. So you, the first box you ever tampered with was the the what you said? The first box would have been the no before that was the, the seven oh seven and the seven two seven. Roland, I think that's my that was the first box that I ever come in contact with. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I remember my story too also. I remember back in the day, um, other fans were doing a, a, a Trump St. Croix. And I remember that they were passing the area where it is I was living. So we heard the music. The music was so loud. So we actually, we got my, my partner run down to where it is so we could see who it is were passing because they were actually they were moving slow. And I remember when I got in the in, in sight of them, I remember seeing them on top of the truck. And I remember seeing uh, something, a machine, and all I seen is these lights just running across the machine over and over and over again. So I was like, wait, well, what, is, what is that? So I begged my mind to find out what that is. Um, so that was a 707. So that's where it is I actually started doing. Um, I didn't have any kind of melodies or just basic kicks there. I had on the 707 and then the 727 with more percussion. Uh, the congas and and um, and the, the iron and stuff like that. Um, those wasn't no no marimbas and stuff like that. Like the like the other buses, the RX seven, but the seven hundred seven and seven two seven are still dominant. I still up to this day, I'm still using those songs, and that was from more than thirty years ago. Mm. So them, especially them congas. The congas are so relevant, especially in the Caribbean. I'm from from Spanish Islands down to Dabanita, still using those congas. It's just so distinct and just couldn't even find nothing else that much that I maybe mean, we'll try other things a couple of times, but those are mostly the dominant songs that we use today. So when you saw the box and, and for those in the audience that um don't understand the reference, the drum machine that's usually made by Akai or, or Roland or whomever in the smaller islands in the Caribbean, that machine is called a rhythm box. So when we say the box, we're referring to the rhythm box or the drum machine. Just for clarification for those in the audience that uh, may not understand what the box is. But <laughs> once you saw the box on, on Burning Flames truck, how did you find out what it was? Because there was no internet to go and research back then. Like I said, back then, so at the same time... Um, my dad, like I said, my dad was living in the States and he would come down for, you know, come down for either for the winter and, and spend some time over the KSP. So when he came down, he actually had it already. That's what he was, he had just time to use it with the KSP. So to be honest with you, most of the drum machines that, that, that I've had, I got it after he got it. So he was always ahead of me. Like I said, I wasn't, I was still young anyway, so I probably couldn't afford those type of things anyway. But I got he was the one that I actually tested out. Most of my drum machines that I got, I got it after he got it. Mm. Most of them, um, including um, including the MPC three thousand, which is a, a, a funny story about that as well. So he had it. So I've been I've been using his own for a while. You know, getting familiar with it. Um, so when I finally could afford it, you know, and I and I ordered it, I remember I got it on a I got it on a Saturday morning. <laughs> and while you were playing in music, we had a regular gig in a place called Two Plus Two and St. Court. And believe me, I got a Saturday morning, I better, better believe Saturday night, I used it, I your machine. <laughs> I was so determined. I was so determined to use it, so <laughs> it might have been minimal, but I, I was going with that. So. so interesting. Now, Jones, I have a question here uh, that was given to me by Musical critic and writer Lennox Brooks. <laughs> mm-hmm. He he wanted me to pitch this question to you. He says, uh, 
when did you realize that you had a gift? And I'll, I'll, I'll set up the question in context. What he was saying is that before you, there was never really somebody who was a quote-unquote rhythm master or celebrated box man. Um, you had celebrated singers. You had celebrated bassists. But the whole idea of a rhythm box was so new that you were sort of the first person that the smaller islands in particular uh, put in the category of like rhythm master. So he's asking, when did you realize that you had that gift to really manipulate this thing and um, and gather this following? Hey, hey, that's a, and that's, and that could go way back. Uh, but you know what? I I didn't I never saw it as that. And even up to this day, I still don't see it like that. I always saw myself as being able to be myself. So it, it wasn't that I was trying to be better or worse. I always wanted to just present myself with my ideas. So I remember a lot of things that helped scoop me into into the drum machine is I remember thinking to myself, you know, my father is a better player. He could play keyboards. Funk is a better player, what it case to be. And I just wanted to find my own way of doing my thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so so I remember, so I I mean, as much as I used to program, I used to program a hundred rhythm to maybe keep five, mm-hmm. and then go back the next day and, and do the same thing again. You know, so it, it, I I was I just got to the point of how I just got at knowing I got good at knowing what it is I wanted to hear. So even if it is that I was doing something, and it was something, next time for instance, I, I make an rhythm off of a cover. Right? I like I like the melody from the cover and so I'm gonna use the melody from the cover and I'm gonna just play around it with it. By the time I done program it, you don't even know what the cover is anymore because my mind just sent it in a whole other way. It just I just think about it how it is I think about it. So like I said, I don't know if where the point is that I said to myself, Well yeah, you know, I is a really master. I never I don't want that to that point. I just got to the point where I figured, listen, I like to do it, and this is how it is I'm going to do it. And it just feels like it just worked out for me. And I continue to do that. Um, actually, especially now, you know, after this going through the pandemic and what it is, we have a lot of time to, to think and go back and listen to the stuff that, that I was doing and, and thinking and try to put myself in that same um, frame of mind as to why it is I was doing that. And, and to be honest, you know, it's, it's even hard to do that because it just is what it is. Like I said, just how I feel it. And that's that. It's not like something like I, you know, bust my brains to study. This is how I see it. And that's the way to roll with it. Mm-hmm. That's just the Daddy Jones in a nutshell. And another, another question that him and I discussed, you know, your generation especially, uh, I guess... People like you would have coined the phrase walk in the box, you know? So we were wondering, were other musicians critical of what you were doing at the time? Because you were doing something totally different. I think the only um well bio no for sure. Um the members of Bio and I I honestly say probably 
have seen the best of Daddy Jones. Mm. Because that was the most that was the most freedom that I've ever had mm-hmm. compared to anything else. Even though that I was still free to do me or the case be I had to do me with other people in mind. So like Vio was just Vio in mind, which was considered you know, mine just as much as the rest of the guys. So I remember at some point when I was playing with Jamban, um, when I started to get really get comfortable with, with with me and how it is and the direction of the band I was that. So then I remember every time nobody come in, like I, I, I used to have this thing in my mind that every time I play, I have to play a new rhythm. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what the rhythm is, even if it is, so I started to introduce art and you know, like the disco breakdowns and what's not. And I remember one time we, we, were, we were traveling, and I remember Freddie said, For the past, I come in, he said, um, He said, You know, um, Harry was the best uh, rhythm man I have because, you know, Harry was a selector. Uh, I see, I see, um, I see Jones coming with all kind of um, disco rhythm now. And, and to be honest with you, I, you know, I, I thought I was like, yeah, I, I, I pay attention, man. That, that's why, I, that's the way I was feeling, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I want, I want to try things and I want to do things on a different level. So, if I could get one of these disco beats and, and try, they could drop something over it with a KSB, then all is made. That's, that's my thinking, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I was more glad that, you know, yeah, I paid attention that, you know, I trying to, Drop two things and bring you know, things and what it is. And to be honest with you, um, a lot of them work. Yeah, a lot of them really, really work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A lot of them really, really work. Now, Jones, was music always a dream, or did you have plans to do something else? I, um, I think music has to be always a dream, but I think at, at one point I wanted to be, I wanted to be a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, I was so infatuated about about law and the different aspects about law. But um, at the point, like I said, the, the music was just taking over me. And this is from coming out of junior high, you know, 7th, 8th, 9th grade. By, by 10th grade high school, I was done paid already, to be honest with you. Nothing else I could have do. I talked about it, you know, you know, you talk to your counselors and you and you go through this yeah, I wanted to do this and all. Um and I, I was do I was good at school. Um I really was good at school. So when I graduated from high school I actually was sixteen years old. Mm. So but like I said, the, the, the music started college, um I did uh, a semester and I was like, nah I'm sorry. At that time, then you know, you start had a couple little gigs with the kids. Be realized I could have go make play and make a little money. At that time, you play and you make thirty dollars. You, you, you figure you anything. <laughs> so that's just that was just they just take over from them. It just just completely took over. How many instruments do you play? I actually, to be honest with you, I don't always tell people. You know, I either. I don't know if the drum machine is an instrument, but either <laughs> a drum machine is first, <laughs> and then I keep and then I keep keyboard player. <laughs> um, but that's it. That's all. All I do. I um, I used to want to toy with with, with the bass. Um, I always wanted to to learn the guitar because in me studying 
know, producers and, and how people approach certain things. I just realized like guitar players have a different idea of production or a different method of production. So I wanted to, you know, try to learn the guitar just to change my, my approach. So I don't always see things from a keyboardist point of view or a drum machinist point of view. But like I say, just after a while, you, never, you just never get around to that. It's lucky to get around the guitar players. So. Still time, man. Still time. Yeah, still time. Still time. <laughs> so tell us, uh, tell us your journey in chronological order from band to band. Like, what was your first band up until now? So, it will start from Generation to Ayalators, Ayalators to Vine International, Vine International to Jamban, Jamban to PVI or DJ ATC, which one comes first? I think, yeah, DJ ATC. Then PVI, then well, I had a, I had another band in between, which was XTC, which was a sales spinner of DJ ATC. He just had um, minutes was the lead singer for that. So, so back to the PVI, then back to DJ ATC, back and forth, then Express, and all legendary and bands, all bands that. Have contributed tremendously to the small island uh, soca scene. Now, you've won Road March as a producer in several countries. What are those countries? <laughs> I have done Road March in Tatola for sure, St. Thomas for sure, St. Croix for sure, and Angola for sure, definitely. And I believe, I believe it was a talk about. St. Martin as well. I, I never, I'm not too sure about that. I gotta, I gotta check the historian. That was, uh, that, was that was Jungle. That was Jungle, right? I think that's what it was. Yeah. And didn't you got, didn't you win Miami as well? Uh, uh, was that no? I, well, I can't, I can't recall. You know, you say that way. I'm mm. not too sure. That is phenomenal. I don't know if there's another any other producer that has won in what five different islands. That 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 is incredible. And um, just to back up a bit, you mentioned that you won in St. Thomas, and that's when you were playing with the, the legendary jam band. With fr- before fr- that, I'm sorry? I, I had one before that. Oh, right. Was this a Happy Birthday Carnival? Right. And what was that, 2000? Yes, 2000. Uh, yeah, um, me and this, 2002. Ah, tell tell us a story about that song because I recall the legendary Daddy Friday being a bit upset. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember the two couple things about, about that song. I remember when we when I did the song when Figgy sent me the idea for the song and I tell him I have the idea what I wanted to do for the for the melody and what's that. And I remember when after Pat Raggy got in and Pat Raggy and she had do her demo song part of the song. I remember my father hearing it. And my father was telling me, you know, you know, I shouldn't you shouldn't release it and you shouldn't do it. This is a couple of times he had he had told me that in my life. Tell me two actually the two times he told me that was but after that and, and and jungle as well. 
Yeah, but he didn't want me to release Jungle for for Saint Thomas. But anyway, so we went to the back and forth. We had to the carnival. What well, um, was his opposition? Um, I think um, I think at the time it was just new for just doing things outside. You know, it's with me, and then with Pat Raggy, I know she said with Express. So I don't think that was really like the norm around around then, around here, around that, around that time. Oh, for 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 two people from Saint Croix to right. to, to try to challenge Road March in Saint Thomas. Right. So, um, so he, like I said, he was a little hesitant of us. But when they when they sang "Don't Know," don't mix that with it. He's, he was like, "Listen." <laughs> This out here is gonna be a problem. So, send it over, release it, send it over. Um, I, I, I understand quite what the case be. So, I, I mean, I listened to the radio and I hear a couple of comments, but you know, I am not gonna see Thomas. I don't really, I don't really know what is going on. So, I think we went to St. Thomas the weekend before for a boat ride or some kind of drink for it. But anyway, by the time I got here, that was the talk. Everybody talking about all oh, this song happened about the carnival. Some some people didn't necessarily know that I did this song. So you know, you're doing good, the song doing good. So the following week now, we did release a little late. We released about maybe about two, maybe about two weeks before carnival. I think he released parade day. So we I get down to the where all the bands are set up. I got there all. I wanted to make sure that everything was straight. By the time I got there, so I, I just jump into all kind of guys coming to me. Hey, listen, I, I need to program this song. Can we go to the carnival? For me. I was like, okay, no problem. So I just jump up at this shop. Whatever drum machine they have, hopefully they have something with Benali. If they got an RX-7 or anything like that with the KSB, I just knock it up far, far, fast. So parade, you know, so I just... Take it by storm, so I, I mean, we were, that's all you were hearing. Was, happy birthday, happy birthday, kind of a happy like birthday. Every truck, every truck, every truck. So, I mean, um, even at the time, I, I, I was just, I wasn't even studying the road march part about it. You know, I was most studying and listening. We got hit songs, you know what I mean? Um, I didn't really listen. That was good. And, and then we, we had cars, you know, to, to, to do the other versions and all that stuff like that. But anyway, fast forward to the first Jamban uh, meeting um, they were sent to me from St. Croix so we went up by Kelly House and got a chance to talk to everybody you know, for anybody to sit down and um, talk about his direction and what he thinks he wants what he expects from the band and uh, you know he felt to yourself that he have the best and he have the talent to do what he thinks he wanted to do so, okay meeting went well everybody joined in bam 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 we met some plans okay bam so we done so we already talking, you know, so the uh, happy birthday carnival would manage come up. <laughs> now, actually, it didn't still come up. Actually, Freddy bring it up. Freddy said, um, he said, it takes take four hours to beat me for one world match. So everybody, I, I made everybody laugh. I mean, I laughed too. Right? It was funny that you even said that. The only, I, the only thing I could respond, I said, well, yeah, but it will only be one, the 150. It ain't going to be another 50. Right, because that was the song for the 50th carnival. That would just bomb everything, you know what I mean? I just changed the, 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 the whole tone. And I, and I, you know, I know that's for sure that he wanted. 
that 50s, every time you go back to the 50s, it's going to be that road march, you understand? And still, you know, you have, it was a good song. And that because I like to do this in all the case, it was the best song at the time. Yeah. It just said said everything about carnival, about everything that, you know, so every time I think about Happy Body Carnival, I, I always think about Showtime from Jabban. Mm. So, so, Classic. Showtime, it's, it's always, because probably, probably going to be the, the ultimate road march from the same numbers, honestly. But Happy Body Carnival was, was right up there with it, honestly. It's interesting, Showtime is a, is a, the BPM of Showtime is so much slower, but the song is so sweet. Yes, 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 well, well arranged. Well, well arranged. Well arranged, melodically, lyrically, everything. You know, you you um describe working with Friday, and, and for those that don't know, um, if you're a soca lover, and you and you know Trinidad's music, Marshall Montano undoubtedly is the king of the Trinidad scene. For those stretching in the smaller islands, especially Vi and Willis and Martin, etc. Friday, Nick Friday is that figure. He's sort of like, think about it as Tupac and Biggie are on the Mount Rushmore. And for the smaller islands, that's Friday. Describe working with him. What was his work ethic like? What was his creativity like? And and then tell me how the two of you were able to to, to join creativity. Freddie Freddie was a genius. And I have to say, because you know, you you meet people that does uh, that go at what it is that they do, right? And you don't even understand why, but you just know that they just go at what it is that they do. So before me meeting with Freddie or working with Jamal and any kind of project, you know, I I had a we had a kind of an organization with Bang. You know, I I dealt with the production. Um, Toby did with the writing, um, Tony did the writing as well, you know, Junior had many days, Sean can the guitar, you know, that, that, that was that. So, now playing with, with, with Fred, you know, he always gave me the freedom for me to do as I like. So, he has never come to me about production or you know we, we never had those type of uh, discussion you know when I when I bring something the perfect example is music from the VI when I brought that I brought the rhythm the rhythm was already structured um, just like how you hear it actually the, the, the main element the ah that was already that was already there and when I brought it like he just start to just just start to bounce, and just how he just the body language to the beat, you, you don't know where it is. Keep going with it, and just 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 how he just how he to carry on. Mm-hmm. Almost like so. In, in in my mind, I would have never think about that melody and the rhythm, but that's that's all. Always the the beauty about, especially about me thinking about me doing a rhythm. When I do a rhythm, you no, know, a, a rhythm is as, as good as what it is with singing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah so it could be the baddest rhythm, and you singing garbage, and it what it is. That's that's all it got to be. 
But then when you have a, a, a rhythm now and you just have the perfect melody with the perfect words, with the perfect person singing it, you know, you just you just can't go wrong. Mm. And so I, so we, I started to, I was never, like I said, I was never really lyrical. Toby was the one that actually deal with most of the lyrics of Vario. So well, again, I would, I would tap into writing with the case to be. But it wasn't really my thing, you know, that, that was his thing. But when you get around Friday, you know, then you start to understand lyrics. And I remember one time we was playing and um, we was going, well, what one more what time? Most of the time we were playing on St. John on Sundays. And we used to have to leave early. We used to have to catch the boat, uh, I think the six o'clock boat. So that time we used to have a guy on the radio station every Sunday and um, Blakey. And he used to be playing a lot of kitchen on them old songs. And I could always remember every time we we on this bus and it's safari and every song that Blakey played, Freddie singing that song word for word, word for word. It is absinthe, it's kitchen on sparrows, Freddie know all these songs. So then we see he go out and play now. He's singing these same songs with the case me, but the younger people never already know. It just so like it sounds like it's his. At one point, they had people in the boys' line had, had sworn that Lorraine was belonged to Freddie. And, and shiny eyes. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> but like I said, he was just so good at creating the elements and bringing back these older stuff. And because he knew them so well, he studied that. And that in, entails, enhance his writing. That's, you know, that, that great storyteller, storyteller writing. That's especially these type of songs music um probably VA I mean granny never give up music one of my favorites that he you know his storytelling ability you are correct unmatched yes. and yes. many people I've heard people older people say that Friday got his tones and his uh sort of style from obstinate, which is interesting because Friday born to Antiguan parents, mm-hmm. obstinate from Antigua. Uh, you see, you see the the correlation. But Friday yes. really took it and, and, and made it his own. And right. this is why lead singers from Anguilla, Saint Martin, Saint Kitts, Saint Cro- they all, in some way, I, I, I'm not going to say mimic, but they are all heavily influenced by Friday. The deep voice and the laugh, <laughs> all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, and like I say, and, and to be, and that's just how how life is. Because like I said, Freddie had to look up to these guys to absolute as well. You understand? And just the same way that the early guys around here look up to him. You know, they, everybody wanted to be everybody wanted to be a Freddie. Oh, of course, of even, course. Even even today, even today, we still have singers are still trying to 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 mimic that and, and do what they can to be. But that's just part of how. I think, like I said, you for for you for Daddy Jones, right? I I was listening to Seventeen Plus. I was listening to Jamman. I was listening to Express, and I had to take what it is that that man doing with the case. Me, and I had to find a way to this, which should be the same idea. So I I understand the you know you you making the Friday with the case. Me, but still, I understand the part where it is that he was studying too. You know, he was studying right. lyrics, writing. He was, you know, I mean, he was educating himself to know that when he presents himself, how to present himself. Mm-hmm. Friday, they have to sing. Um, 
walk up about walk up all day with the case you know he could tell you a story and then still continue to walk up and, and then still give you some slackness in, in 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 the same in the same jam you know it's not about just you know bend out with the case you, tell me something tell me something tell me something else i mean i ain't hear you or at least try mm, indeed what, what it's interesting that you should mention 17 plus as one of your influences because when I when I listen to your work and 17 plus there's an element of almost international pop music added to the small island flavor um so tell me in your opinion what is the formula for making a good small island power song uh most of the time, it's most effective when when you when you use the quote unquote pop cards or the pop melodies because ah. because of the tempo, and that's at least that's how it is. I I view it. So it's easier for me to, like I said, I had a best with a lot of a double time. So if you're doing like an R and B song, R and B song will probably be the tempo will probably be around 70, 80. But if you double that, that's where our power song does be, which will be 160. Right. So I always use that match in my mind. So what I do is just try to slow it down, cut 10, and play the same type of feeling. What I do now, uh, anything that maybe pass 140, so between 140 and 160, I might, I might use that in, cre in creating that. Um, anything slower than that, you know, to be honest with you, anything is slow and that I like to listen to I like to listen to a lot of Zook music. You and me both. <laughs> yeah, so I Zook music does just give you does just make you feel emotional. Regardless of you know how you you what kind of feel it may, regardless if I don't understand the lyrics, it just put you in a mood. So I, I like to listen to that, especially in grooves. For me, if I'm looking for something that was, especially in a slow groove, I will listen to that first. But like I said, if the power stand up with the case, I definitely go to either R&B or even, um, even rock and roll if I'm looking for something to inspire me. And I know it's not as popular in the VI, but I think that your work with uh, PVI in Anguilla allowed you to open up and do some Zook because... I know you, you've done a few uh, Zook songs in Anguilla. Yes. And I, see, that's like I said, you know, and even when I do Zook songs, and like I said, I was really heavily listening to, to Zook, especially around that time. But, you know, I just wanted to do it my way. And I understand, you know, Zook has his own culture and his own terminology behind it. But I just wanted to do something that sounds like Zook, but I wanted to do it my way. So I, I, I remember, you know, a couple of times I have a couple conversations, and especially with, with uh, a friend of mine from, from Singapore as well, I can get that flair. And he was like, man, you need to add this. Need to add that. So I used to tell him, no, I, I, I don't want to add that. <laughs> I wanted to sound like this, you know what I mean? If I add this and add that, then you tell him that it would sound like the traditional Zook or that part of the country. And I don't want to sound like that. I want it to be sound like a Daddy Joe Zook. Not necessarily just a, 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 a Zook. Right, right, right. Now, speaking of what you wanted to... Just about everything. Speaking of what you wanted to sound like, what are some of the, your favorite songs that you've done? It has some songs that I really... Well, you know, you have the, the ones that, like, 
the Teon Winter, Roman, and, and, and Crush. Mm. Um, those are probably definitely going to be up there. And not just because, you know, it was, they were hits, but because my, just everything about how I feel about production happens in, in, in those songs. So it, it wasn't heavily produced. Um, I think both of them songs were actually done on a drum machine. I don't think if it had, if it had any logic, it came in probably afterwards, but it was mostly done on the drum machine, just as, as music for the yeah, um, I was doing a lot of work on the drum machine itself, a lot of the keyboard lines, a lot of the stuff that was on the drum machine, instead of actually um, playing it. But um, as I take back, um, I, it's, it's so much. I mean, from Lika, from Anguilla, that was incredible. Same thing, beat already made, and, and there's somebody, you figure to, to drop the, the, the lyrics on it. Um, jungle, like we talk about, um, Another crazy one for Vio that I always been impressed with the production was um, Monks to the Unks. Hunger mm. um, Shaka. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a song I did. Um, they, didn't, it, they didn't hit or anything like that. was one of my favorites as far as... Well, actually, two of them. I did two type of similar type of production. One was Conquer Road with Dennis the Menace. And and the other one was must be with um with new kid. Mm. Just I just especially the must be I I Conquer Road um I love Conquer Road. I actually collaborated with um some producers from from Solution. I can't bring the name right now, but they actually mixed it. And you know they I was always you know they did a very good job at capturing. Um, because that's, that's another thing that we producers go through, you know, you, you get somebody to mix it because you want to hear um, how it is that they would approach it, uh, what would they take or what would they leave in, and stuff like that. And they did a very good job of that. Um, so I really am, um, like, I got to not the name for you, but I, I keep thinking about it. And like I said, it must be, I just, like, the, the construction of it, there's the melody and where the song will go in and just how the song will make me feel. So a lot of the songs that I like, is how they, you know, how the song make me feel. Maybe I hit to everybody else or, or not, but that's how it make me feel. Just give me, give me vibes. And like I say, I mean, the whole long list is just, these are what coming to mind right now. Are there, are there any songs from the, particularly the smaller islands, not composed by you that that stand out to you that you like oh a lot a lot of them i i remember the first time i heard um um pick it up i'm standing on mm. that just blew my mind that just set me in a whole lot of place and i think um that cause when you see you, you, you somebody drop a song and then it caused a whole lot of wave about that approach that you know and I always say, every time I tell this one, I always keep saying that, you know, I figured to myself that they didn't capitalize on the song that I expected. But that for sure was one. And um, picking up was sort of like the beginning of this wave of trap lip soap. Yes. Yes. Like real slow, but this crazy, crazy, crazy bounce. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. The combination is like the combination of of the trap style of hip hop and small island soca. It's a very interesting thing going on right now. Right, right. Even up to now, um, you know, I said a lot of 
um, yesterday I, I was just doing stamina vibes and I was doing KSB and I was working with some working on something in that same tempo and I can see that's what I was thinking about and you know we began to the same you know the eight to ways to just to make it sound so the fusion between the eight to eight and then our drive with the KSB it's it just incredible that makes for sure that um, create a lot of room for a lot of stuff um, especially the one for um, I think it was produced by Usai for Pompa uh, actually for, for Steven but I think the original beat was made by our partner man from St. Thomas um, Usai um, was it Uber Rhythm? what was it? Uber? Hmm. Uber Rhythm Uber. I think it was released last year um, right after he did Juice okay right um, so that that then blew my mind as well you know the eight to ways and that kind of you ain't no way to place it type of rhythm so not lucky we could go down to no um um R.I.P. to the club so um and a bunch of other artists and, and, and the same rhythm okay it was produced uh, by DJ Stevens okay 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 so I like to produce over over to the but that's um I, I, I like that. I could I could vibe to that. Nice. Um that the same case I said um uh Rascali. Um and just the whole same kids vibe. Um Sinkis with them is 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 the same kids with them. And very I, distinct I, I just I have we have some some good times with with the same kids, especially with with Vio, and our choice on how we project our rhythm with the case because contrary to days with the case to be, and it's just like I say it's just so interesting. Even though I've seen where you know the name has changed over over time, you know, younger producers, everybody moving with the time with the case be as of as of the rest of the voice talent as well. I've seen where things has changed, but that thing is tempo and and. Now I know I know you said you've only dabbled a little bit in songwriting, but for the for the audience, what are some of the songs that you've written? Oh gosh. Um okay, let's think most of my writing I, I did was was PVI. So I did but me and Shimina did make it rain. Big, big song. Um, that like I said has that a song has history as well. Uh, I remember we was pressed for time and we didn't have anything for for Shirina. And I remember we you know we I was working out most of the other songs even was already at least close to finish or, or just about you know, so we were working and I, and I remember Shirina came and she was there all day. All day she was there. All day she, was, she did back on vocal. She did what she had to do. And so by the time we catch ourselves, it's like one o'clock in the morning. And I, I, I am tired. My brain is mush. I can't hear anything. I just ready to just. And she just said, "Listen, I will finishing this song tonight." You know? <laughs> <laughs> she said, "Jones, we finish this song tonight." So was the rhythm already done? I I already had the rhythm. I think the music was already done. We're just trying to put everything together as to fit. Um, so 
they make it rain. I mean, we're just we're just perfect. I mean, it's just perfect. But like I said, I, those that type of stuff will always inspire me, especially when you you, you put me on the spot like that. When it came to me, especially when you show me that you really really want it. Um, that would always I guess bring up bring up my best. Um, same way with but most of my production coming from from Anguilla. You know, and Anguilla is a, is a completely different mindset and a different production set for me. Um, How so? In Anguilla, I always have somebody around. Always. Always. It's not like when I go home and I produce you know, it's me alone or kids who are around me or what it is to be. Something like somebody come around me or what it is to be. But in Anguilla, it's always somebody there or what it is to be. And it just puts me to make to give me like a feeling like I am Anguillian. Right. You understand? So like I is a part of what is going on. So that whole frame of Angola production is just completely offset to everything else. I don't think I, I ever got put in a position like Angola for, for most of my life. As far as production was Angola was just different and special the same thing. And Angola and Angolans take their uh Soca music a little serious, <laughs> as I'm sure you learned over the years. Describe yes. the um the culture of band rivalry in Anguilla. I to me um I I never like competition. And this is from this is from a, a very long time ago. I I never wanted to feel like I had to compete. You know, I always feel like uh, like you know like music is like a language. You know. All of us just talking a different way. So I never been I never been competitive. I say that to say, even though the competitive side of me brings out the best in me, but still I don't like to compete. But when I compete, I learn to be good at competing. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So you know, in Angola, see, in the forest, we had competition, but it wasn't never to that extent. It wasn't to the point of uh, somebody gonna be true and, and cuss you off because you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> because the band is so good last night. You know, it, it, we, we, we didn't have to go through stuff like that. You know, you might have Juve Manning. I think one time I had a, I had a one, I had a clash on St. Croix with a band called Bringles, uh, with, and I was with Vio. What it used to be, and then we you know we had the the, the championship balancing tomorrow. What it used to be, but those are just like like special events. It's not like Anguilla every day, all day, all year around, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> I remember one of the first you know, you one of the first interviews I ever did with you back in two thousand and nine. You made a comment and you said, you know, I was in Saint Croix, and I decided to put on the Anguilla radio station through uh, you know the internet. And, he, and you said it blew your mind that these people in the middle of the year, not even carnival time, were on the radio arguing over bands. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. You see, but to be honest with you, and the more that I, I, I go through that, is the more I understand that, you that you know, you, you need that. You need that. It's, that, is, that, is, that, is, that is healthy. If, somebody, if you're doing something all the time and you're just, and you're just doing good with the case, I don't mind never coming to you and tell you, well, listen, watch out, you need to check this, you need to do that with the case. Then you don't, you don't learn nothing. That's the way that you grow. 
So like I say, I, sometimes I, I don't wish that we had these arguments around here. You know, we don't have these type of arguments. It's, it's, it was, it's not ban clash or no ban war around here with the KSP. Around here, it's almost like, you know, this is basically the same things. But in Anguilla now, we have the bands them that's not from the east that, that they like, you know, the, the bands from the east, yeah, the, the bands the, the bands from the west, they like the bands from the best. And they, they ain't gonna cross, everybody might cross a little bit with the KSP, but it's still, it's still, you know, healthy. I think when they get farther than the music, then of course, it's, it, um, you know, it's not, they stop making sense. Right. But, but, I still, like I said, I, I like it up until it gets to that Because um, that was my, ne my next question was, do you think it helps or hurts? That was, but you've answered it. <laughs> yeah, but it, I think it ended up, it ended up hurting because I think it got, it's one thing when they, when they finally see it that way, but then when you get to the bands now, because, even for the last, maybe the last two years, I've been trying to have this conversation and, and show these guys and listen. Both parties, you know, Angola is this big. You understand? We understand the very rude case. Why, the, why these two bands just don't put their together, put on a couple events, everybody everybody will be happy. You put it on the first one, I keep it. You put it on the second one, you keep it. Whatever the case be, you put it on the third time and you split it down the middle. But, like I say, and, and to be honest with you, I, I, even when we play with like, with, with Pantabaito and Exodus, I don't really feel a, a rival. Pantabaito is a player and Exodus is a player. <laughs> That's it. You know what I mean? You know, it don't be that more than that with the case be so. I just hope that I uh, keep hoping to myself that you know we start a couple later, a couple later, and damn Got it. Otherwise, yeah. Understood. So, big question now, and this is a question that uh, I had my uh, good friend Nigel Campbell on the podcast, and I asked him this question from the Trinidadian perspective, and I've decided to ask you this question. Compare Trinidad soca to the small island soca in terms of rhythm, composition, lyrics, etc. What is the difference? Because many people say, and I've, I actually interviewed Unku in the past from Burning Flames, and he said one time it occurred to him that we don't, we can't necessarily call what we do in the smaller island soca. So he tried to call it super soca, and that's why he named his album that back in I think 2001. Um, but compare the two for me. I say it's not something that you could compare. Uh, how okay? How I look at this thing, right? Like sonically, it's di it's different. It sounds different. Yeah, it is different. We have we have a lot more counter going on, but that that but that gives that makes it our sound. So even with the with our production, with the case, we we have so much more going on. So sonically, it's easier to handle the the, the Trinidad stuff sonically, just sonically. But we still have the vibe and the, and and the bounce with the case people. Like I said, we we have we just use a lot more to get to that one. So I I, I don't know. Like I say, it's just and I like I said, even though to be honest, you write about now, I still fighting with what what it actually is. Because even from my production point of view, and I do something. That I feel to myself that is Trinidad worthy. 
I, I could guess the Maria Trinidad could bounce and that's what it takes to be. But then when I listen to it and I think back and then when I listen to it, they have so much things going on, it's hard for them to grasp that because they hear all this thing going on. So now a VIP artist now would approach it different. They would approach but another counter melody. So it's hard. I don't know. Like I say, it's a, a thing right between love and hate, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, but sonically, like I said, I know we have a lot more going on. And even with, as as we speak, I still fighting it with how to best protect that and still have it cynical good, right? Cynically competitive, right? Right. And and you know, I think you you are a uh, you really are a product of where and you were raised because for me, even as a writer, when I'm writing, let's say it's a script or an article or something, my headphones are on and I'm listening to music. It keeps me channeled. But to be honest with you, I have produced my best work as a writer when I put on my small island soca list because this this is what I was raised on. I can I can tell you in particular one song that I I listen to a lot when I write is Ratatat by Jambatten. <laughs> and so while I can appreciate it and understand it, I know my Trinidadian friends and Grenadian and Bayesian and Vincentian friends, they often think of it as 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 organized chaos so it's to your point of um of countering like all these countering these songs that are countering one another that's and like i said and you and you think about like i say you think about it and then i i when i when i set out to produce right i set out to produce so i don't let my mind stop me from producing i don't want to have to be thinking about where it is i want to go i just want to just go so i i one of the producers that I gonna I gonna put in a hundred tracks, and I probably gonna use maybe maybe twenty, maybe thirty out of them with a KSP. But I gonna still as if, as the vibe hitting me, I go in and I go in and I go in with a KSP. But then as I go in, I realize that if once I take out this track, it automatically leave this track by itself. Mm-hmm. So it only works. If this two track mesh together with the case, so you find, you find a way out to try to force them into where it is. Because you take it one, you take out one, it feels different. A perfect example of, of, of that is um, one of my favorite rhythms. Um, you stick out your bum rhythm. Mm-hmm. If if I solo that rhythm and play all the different tracks and the rhythm itself, you're going to say, no, this don't make sense. It don't make sense. But when you put them together, because of the of the the slightly off intonation and the and you know when when the two sounds hit together, it creates another sound. So, like I said, that's hard to explain to a exceptional engineer to a, a trainee engineer to mix because he said, "Why this thing here sound sound a little off?" <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But when yeah. it comes together, it gives you that feeling. It gives you that that bounce and that, and, that, and, that, and that energy so we can't leave that out and still so um, we trying um, we trying to, to, to cross that bridge um, and to see we just want like I say we just want to be mentioned that when you see the, 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 the VI drop and not just for the VI anybody else uh, from, from St. Kitts to St. Martin when you when I when I treat you challenge drop and you drop after that we want to drop with the same sonically same Sound just different way of going about it. Mm-hmm. That's the goal. Now, do you, John, do you think it's possible for 
a small island, quote-unquote small island artist to break through into the training market with the songs that we create? Um, and to be honest, I had, me and, and, and Nigel had the same conversation. And, um, and he put a lot into perspective to me as well. Um, that was a very good conversation, and I, and I thank you for for organizing that conversation. Um, it helped put my mind in a different perspective as well. Not a problem. We need to have more of those. <laughs> yes, definitely, definitely. Um, and so, in the conversation, he, you know, he was saying that you know, you know, we, we like we like some of the stuff that that, that you guys do with the case to be like stuff. I think. For for from his from the conversation with him, I think is more at a lyrical content that will help turn off some machines over the case. Me, I don't believe it's actually written. So in that same back and forth with him, I said, okay, I said, let me send you. I want to send you something that it is I, I walk in on. So I sent him a rhythm and just blew his mind. He was like, boy. Why would you have this? Why you? How you? Why you? Why? Why? Like he starts to go on with the case. Be so that, like I said, that just tells you come back to the same thing. You know, a a a rhythm is as good as what it is you sing on it. So I think the, the only difference, what, what helps it, the fight against what it is that we try to get is is the lyrical content. So even up to like the rhythms that I, that I feel to myself now and I, I know that that is different with the KSP but I'll be honest I, I would like to hear I would like to hear Friday and, mm. you know I, that lyrical concept because I believe that's what it is I think um, I think especially for the for the Virgin Islands we we started to cater exclusively to the clubs gotcha realizing that the music played in, in, in a lot of other places. Right. You know, a real lot of other places. So, I said, the now I walk up. Of course, they walk in the club. In the club that walks, that walks all night. And, 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 that, and that is particularly small island clubs as well. Right. So, what happens to, to, to everything else? Right. You know? That's a very good point. That's a very good point. But you see, when I, like I said, to, to, to their defense, right, uh, a lot of small stuff, a lot of stuff that I was that, that we took for granted, for granted right now. Like when I when I was in Vio, right, and and we was about to about to release a CD. The highlight for me is it, not about how much the CD themselves and all that. The highlight for me was getting to the radio station to release it. I thought that was the wall. I thought that when I go on the radio station, the whole wall is going to be able to listen to this sound. So that was my highlight. So I had that to look forward to. So I couldn't go to on the radio station, and I, I don't go to the radio station with his, you know, they don't stick around and walk up. So in my mind, we had to make sure that, I mean, especially with value, we tried, we, we did reggae, we did zook, we did instrumental, we did ballad over soca. We did everything because we figured it was if we wanted to capture everybody that's listening. And so, and, and honest, it, honestly, that was something that I grew up with in terms of Mussington Brothers, in terms of Not Sound. I mean, the first time I ever heard hip-hop on a soca track was, I think, 1991. Uh, Not Sound had a song called Chuckin'. And I, that blew my mind. And you saw the experimentation. But nowadays... Bands seem to 
Number one, they don't bring out as many tracks, which I understand. I understand why, because of the economics. But again, it's usually like you say, the songs that cater to the road or the club, and that's it. Yep. Yep. Yes. And so even even up to for and I remember the last couple of years, you know, we were, we were taking some as far as well. I was I was seeing things differently for for Angola as well. And I didn't like the fact that, you know, we always had to do a song for the road, you know, because to me, the road is just one day. Right. After that, then what? You know what I mean? Where, where else we going, where else we going, we going to do this? So we put our energy into that for the change here, and then, and then what? So I didn't like the fact that it has to be a song for the road to win. Here. So much concentration. Right. You know what I mean? And after a while... To me, it, it limits your, your creativity because that's not how you think about, you know. So it's not like thinking about uh, road march for Anguilla that is going to tear down, sink, um, tear down, sink it. It's just this song at this point, and then and then that's that. So I, I really had the conversation. I tried to broaden that, you know. We try to open up. And we, we have seen it in the Voyagers as well. We have seen um, Do It and Done with Road March. As, as one of the slowest songs ever to win Road March. We've seen it as Singapore as well. Um, so just to ease up that limitation as you just don't have to do it just for, for this for this one thing. But like I say, you know, the radio station was influential. So that helps the bands then with the only thing that you're going to release. So when you know we go to the radio station, you know, you, it's not so, it's, now it's like, you know, you, you you release it, you just press on, you get some likes when it came to me. Right, so... so that's, that's, that's like a smart... So the internet has changed the game as well. Oh yeah, definitely. 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 Radio doesn't have as much respect um, among the artists and the band, so... They, they, and the funny thing about the internet is you can see it in real time, right? Because you put it on, so like you said, you put it on SoundCloud or YouTube or on Facebook and you can see your likes going up. So why why am I going to the station where I can't see who's really reacting? It's interesting. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So then, like I said, so then you just you just go up and you just do things just for the legs. Who's there supposed? Who's supposed? Who hears it? Hears it? You know that type of way. Whereas on the radio, you don't you don't know. I said I even up to me my regular routine. If I once I jump in the car, I don't when I jump in the car. I don't really listen to my own music, really. Maybe if I walk in on a mix, or I, I know what the case would be. But at least 90% of the time, I put it on the radio. I, I, I want to listen to somebody else's perspective. I want to see what it is they're playing, what it is they're listening to, what, what's in the what's in the mood for tonight. I want that feeling. But like I said, I still, I still old school, so I, I grew up on that. Right, like, right. I want it hard for me to go and Spotify and, and, and vibes. You know what I mean? Almost like, maybe I mean, you could pop a random playlist or whatever the case. But like I said, you just don't feel the same mm-hmm. when you have a DJ there. And, and, and like I said, you still you hear commercials. The commercials right. might have something interesting. You know, all these different things. Just Human like, interaction. Yeah, you just need that. <laughs> right, right. Jones, are bands, in your opinion, are Small Island bands dying or dead? Um, yeah, I think so. I think, I think it's, I think this, this solo artist thing killed it, 
but I think it it could it could still come back. I think it that could far gone. Um, and I think more than more than anything else that's killing it, you know, is it, traveling and all the other stuff that comes with it. That is really expensive. The economics of it. So, yeah. So everybody wants to, you know, train it easy way out of what it can be. And why pay for a band when I can bring the solo artist with a, with, with, a, with a DJ? Like, even some decisions that, that even I and I had to make, you know, because, you know, everybody wanted it smaller, smaller and faster, you know, easier, less rooms, less man to deal with, it case me. You know, hence why Danny Jones and the show actually came down to, you know, me and, 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 and Tafari. All these changes were going on at the same time, so. I think, um, I think the bands, the bands are going to go make another stand, like stand again because we're going to have to go back to that. After a while, I think the, the, the solo artist thing is, is, is going, I think they're going to phase out and come back full tilt again. It probably won't end up back there again, but I think we're going to make another circle, come back to the bands again, and then, and then free. Because that really was the essence of the smaller islands. I mean, we're talking, this is what, almost 25 years on, from when Trinidad and um, you know Barbados really started completely doing away with bands. I mean, at one point you had Square One and you had Crossfire, you had uh, Roy Cape. I mean, Roy Cape is still around, but not as prominent, I would say. Um, uh, you had the band. I'm forgetting the name though. That Senel Dempster was in. You had Traffic. These were all bands from Trinidad. And, um, and and Barbados, and then just systematically, you know, uh, you know, Alison Hines became a solo artist, and then all of a sudden, um, you see Edwin Yearwood taking a break from Crossfire. He's a solo artist, and throughout all that entire time, the small islands really held it together, and had epic band rivalries and bands traveling in between and among the islands. But now you're really seeing. As you say, as you said, the solo artist, that the whole concept of the solo artist is is front and center in the smaller islands now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I say, that 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 I that I I, I knocking it. Um, things must evolve. Things must. That's just how how our life is. But like I say, it just losing the the grass and the elements of what it is that cause it. So you see, even for me as a Forget about me being a producer or musician, what the case be. I can't, I can't go support an artist singing on tracks. Mm. You can't get me to go and support that. I, I just can't. If you better fool me and put some musician out there and don't plug in the keyboard and make me act like me <laughs> doing something. So I can't, like I said, I just can't support that. It just the, the energy don't be the same. Um, maybe a, maybe a handful of artists could handle it. Maybe a handful. The, the rest of them. It just comes like, you know, it's, I, I, I can't, like I say, hard to support that. I could just go buy, if I wanted to see it like that, then I would just go buy the CD. You know, see, listen to the song in my car, what it is. But like I said, that's just how I see things. Seeing a solo artist with a DJ could never compare, and, and I'm talking in Trinidad context, could never right. compare to seeing Kess the Band. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And like I said, I, I, I have to have to, to catch the band as well because they're true to it. I, I, I kid you not. They, they, they are true to it. They are true to it. Indeed. 
Jones, what are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned from all your years in the music business? Biggest lessons? Well, I have learned, I have learned so much. But to put it into, to put it into one word, I would say patience. Mm. I think I've learned to just be patient about just the music and everything else that, that, that comes with it. You know, a lot of times, I've been fortunate to see the ups, the downs, the middle, the up again, the down again. I have been through that so many times and I always feel humble and blessed because I always either reinvent myself or see myself in a different way or, or move it to a different direction. And that in itself is a, is a, is like I said, is a humbling feeling for me. Um, I have done it so many times. Um, just, just think about the approach for, for Jamban. It wasn't the same approach for PVA. The approach for PVA isn't the approach for Jeff. The approach for Jeff is not the approach for, for Express. The approach for, for Express, A4, Nothing. So everybody, everything has to be approached on its own level and its own bit for the case. Even though yes, it's, it's still Daddy Jones. I think it's more important for me for nobody to just recognize for the band and for each of what it is doing. Like even some recognizing me, even though that you know that it's me, but to recognize it for the band. So that is humbling. Got you, got you. Now I know that you're not a competitive person, but sometimes as creators, you create a product. And you're like, yeah, this is it. And it doesn't take off. When you experience those losses or, or, or that hurt, how do you recover mentally from those low points? My everything, anything that I, that I put out there, I was to the point that I was comfortable with it. So I, I don't ever see it as that. People might see it like, like that when it is me, but to me, when it's, when it's done, it's, it, that's it. I've done it and I, and I put it out. So, people will judge that. And to me, it doesn't move me left or right. It ain't gonna change me from my next project. My next project ain't gonna be, well, yeah, they didn't like this one, yeah, so let me try to do it that way. No, it ain't gonna be, I'm going, working on another project. Yeah, as simple as that, so. Uh, I, I realize that people will like it, people ain't gonna like it. That's just part. That's just part of music. Your, your goal is to try to get as much people to like it, but you don't do something that everybody's going to like. So you do it to your best as your of your ability, and be good with it. Once you release it, you're good with it. What it can be, then you then you deal with all of the wins and goals that come with it. What it can be. But that doesn't phase me either way as to my next project. The next project is going to evolve and take its take place at itself. So I know the most that I have looked back in my life is probably this year. Um, like I said, under the circumstances, you have more time. And I had a chance to go back and listen to stuff that I do, stuff that I did. Um, some of the stuff I would like to touch again. I would like to say, wow, I would like to put another spin on this. Some stuff I just listen to and I say, Nah, I, I ain't touching that. <laughs> I ain't touching that again. No, that is what it is. So, but like I said, I don't lose over that. Once I'm done with it in my mind and I, I feel good about it, 
Excellent, excellent. What is the biggest change that you've seen in the industry since the nineties up until now? Uh, well, the music for sure, the bands for sure, the the crowd for sure, the people for sure about has changed. The I've seen, um, like I said, these things I've seen, the, 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 the good and the bad. Uh, I remember in instance in Angola, even coming to Angola as playing in Vio. I remember every time, almost every jam that I played in, 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 in Vio in Angola, it had somebody in a jam, you know, like 13, 14 years old. Mm. And and I like that it's, like, it's nothing. You know, because I always I always see it that way. Like we 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 had we had an age for me to say, well, yeah, okay, I supposed to start supporting the music, also start supporting the culture. You know, that was it. You know, if, it don't matter to me if you was nine, if you if you eleven and you could respect yourself and going to dance, and of course you're not supposed to be drinking or what it is. But somebody somebody these kids actually love this music and actually inspired to be musicians as well. So you can't you can't take that away from them. That's just our culture that's how we do we do things so even panda in the interview with panda once he told me he used to sneak out of the house great i have sneaked out i have sneaked out of the house too i have sneaked out of the house and i went to a whole other island oh wow <laughs> <laughs> i went st thomas uh jamba was playing at this place uh oh my my by Wapa, um, and I remember they were releasing. This is the year that they released King Lang. Uh huh. I, I remember Sean, the player's guitar, with me telling me, "Listen, you were working at the airport. Say, listen, we go catch a flight. I go sit down and sit tonight and come back in the morning." So all right, here we go. Went catch a flight. Went to the jam. We sit down was by seven thirty the day. We sit, went by the jam and sit down and wait for everybody to come. We see everybody come. We see the bad man come. We see where everybody reach up, even the bartenders. And we were there until the jam done. And when the jam done, we went straight back to the airport. <laughs> how, how old were you at the time? I, I had to be, I had to be 16, 15 or 16. Wow, you didn't get in any trouble? <laughs> no. Nope. I don't want to say anything about it. I knew I, I even left. <laughs> Probably thought you were at a friend's house or something. I'll tell you, but like I said, this, this is the same thing that, that we're going through. So we, we, we end up, and I hate to hear that expression, oh, me and one of going to be kind of like, young people going to be there. You know, we, we've been going through this forever. We were young too. We were doing, doing the exact same thing. We were sneaking out. We were going by the fence. We were doing everything that we could possibly do just to get a list of these jams. So what is it, you know, different now? So. I don't, I, I don't like to hear when people say, you know, oh, I ain't going here because that's part of young people in there with the mm. you know, We do a good job at, at, at teaching them how we used to operate and how we used to do things back then. If we just leave them, let them do their thing with the case, and then we expect them to know that. And then complain, and then complain that the tradition is lost. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we do a good job at, at protecting it. And this Which leads me... Which leads me to my next question. Your son, Lil Jones, is now becoming a prominent producer as well. Well, first of all, do, do you pressure him at all? 
I'm just a different guy, but for me, once you, for, for me, I'm my father, once you show me your interest and what it is you have to do, that's it. I don't, I don't, I don't protect it. But he, with him, I just knew, I, I, I probably saw, I'd still see in him what it is my, exactly what it is my father was seeing in me. Mm. And I remember, he don't, he didn't, he wasn't living with me. So he used to come and spend some weekends. I think he was just about maybe 11, 10 or 11. And one thing he came up with me and I, I was I was doing some programming. And he just sit on there on the wall and just stay there and just stare me. He say nothing, he just watched me. And like I said, that's the same feeling that I was got when I was watching my father. So from that, I just tell him, I just show him, listen, okay, this is the drum machine. This is the samples them. This is where the, this is where the samples them go. This is uh, this is how they kick the split, how you feel it. This is how the snare they play. This is how the congas are play. Wow. And B, that was that. He just went crazy from then. So to the point where I was, that, I don't know, I was in, I was doing so much I was really touring and, and, and moving so much that I wasn't even recognizing how good that he was getting. <laughs> so, I remember he called me, I think I was going, I think I was going Anguilla stuff. And he called me and said, you know, uh, Daddy, I got, um, I got a fire here, I want you to run. I, I gave him one of my, uh, my NPCs. So when I, when I opened the file, I said to myself, but boy, this, we have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so many we tracks. We have a problem. And from then, so he, like I say, even up to like maybe the last, maybe the last three years, he has been dominant. Even with in my production, so at the point I was just calling him and then telling him, listen, uh, I said him my ideas, this is what it is I need. Or just run through his file and see what it is I feel like that, that feels good to me and what's that and, and we go from there. And from then he just, which I expect him, just, just do your own thing. Um, we did a gig the other night, um, Daddy Jones and crew with Jeff. And I walked with him and I, I probably play maybe 15 minutes at the set. So, so he plays uh, keyboards as well? Yes, he plays keyboard as well. I just let him turn loose. <laughs> and it was a headphone party. And he had a thing. He had him there going crazy. So. This, this is like third generation. Like father, like son, like son. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Awesome, awesome, awesome. He just, he just has to get the, he has to get the, the, the Calypso part now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then... Be good. <laughs> That's it. What, what advice would what advice do you give him, or what advice would you give young producers? Well, I had a talk to him a lot. I had a talk to him. He um, um, just here last night as well. Like, we didn't we didn't do a lot of talking. I just talked to him hard because and I explained to him that even for me, uh, that you know, make a make a quote unquote name for myself or whatever case, I still fight it through a lot. Same way, so. I just want him to be true to himself and, and, and stick to your vibes when he case me. I don't tell him, yeah, I want more out of him from, from the programming. I want him to, to, to get better at his keyboards and what's not what the case to be. But I've been in the serious position 
I've been in the exact same position, thinking the same exact way. You know, so it comes with time. Yeah, the, the keyboards and other parts will come with time. But like now, he is good at programming. He's very, very good at it. He knows what he wants. He goes after what he thinks he wants. He has, he has his own signature drive. He already created a drive for himself. So, these, um, I, like I said, I've been every night before I go sleep, you know, I go on YouTube and I watch some videos. Um, just the other night, I, I came up on, on Timbaland. Mm. And he has this program where, you know, he laying other producers or younger producers, you know, sending these to him or what it is. I mean, he decide if he, if he likes it, if he don't like it or what it is. And I, I actually watch it all the time. Because it, it inspires me so much to see, you know, how he reacts to, to sorting this. You know, how he takes or what he grasps because I'm, I'll be honest, like maybe eighty percent of the beats that that they play they really sound good, eh? Really good. But mm-hmm. he don't maybe five percent is where it is that like he grasps you. So I I try to listen to where it is that where it is that he's actually looking for and and not not because that is Timberland or not because that like, he makes a name for himself because like I said, if somebody eighty percent of the stuff that they don't like, I love them. This this the stuff they're crazy. You understand? But I'm obviously, you know, me on YouTube, they're doing it for all kind of different reasons and what's that. So I guess it got to come with a drama and what's that. But Yeah, they, they, you know, it's television, so Right. <laughs> and like I said, some of the stuff that I see that he likes is the stuff that I sound like what it is that he do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, that too. So for the young producer, like I said, just listen, be yourself, but uh, I mean there's there's so much up to this, this day, come producers come and ask me, you know, um, I, I'm looking for these songs, I'm looking for that songs. And I'll be honest, I said, listen, I could, I could send you these songs, you know, but realistically, I don't really use these songs anymore. Create you know your own. So, create your own. You know I mean, I say, if you go and say, there are trillions of songs on the internet, trillions. The, 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 the computers and the software, they're getting, they're getting so good. I, I actually, as a programmer, I, I'm in paradise right now. And just about everything that I have thought about 20 years of my programmer, I have. There is no excuse, you know what I mean? Just me to put in the time and, and vibes, that's it. Every single day I make at least three beats every day. And not because I need to do it, not because I feel like doing it. Not because I love doing it. So but Beyond the beats, and actually, I, I should mention this because people don't know, you've actually created a ton of sounds that have made their way throughout the Caribbean. How does it feel yes. sometimes when you listen to a song from Trinidad or Barbados or wherever, and you hear one of your samples in there? Humbling, very, very humbling, very, very humbling. Um, couple of years ago, I was in um, I was in Saint Martin. Actually, actually, this was, was back in Barbados, actually. And I remember the last time to St. Martin, I, I met a guy, and he came to me and he told me, um, he said, listen, you know, Jones, I want to keep a, a drum machine competition here in St. Martin, um, and I want to know if, if, if you will enter. So I tell him, well, I tell him, well, no, I can't, I can't enter. I said, how, how I could enter, and everybody around here have my songs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I can't enter, I can't go and... I said, the only way I'll enter is we put the drum machines up, two keyboards, and we sample, and you create at the same time. 
Right. Because some of these right. guys probably don't even know that they have your songs. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, like I said, I think, so even after, and even for me, a lot of people I have to be grateful to. I remember I had a, a friend of mine, his name is um, is Mario from St. Thomas. And I remember I was, I was I moved to St. Thomas, I was, I was playing with German. And I remember Mario calling me and telling me, listen, man, Hey, I got I got a hard drive here with some songs here. I ain't know if you're, um, anything that you that you're looking for. You know, you can just go with it with the case. So I said, okay, no problem, fine, no problem. And I I ain't gonna give you a lie. That's that's probably been maybe two thousand three or two thousand four. I still ain't gone through all the songs that he gave me. And this is just stuff that he made up. This is like actually he no, he got it. I just, just like he just had a bunch of um, sample libraries. Okay. Um, so, but like I said, I, I was so heavy. My process was, I find some songs. I get the first for instance, I will, I will find sixty four songs. I'm gonna make a program out of that. I want the KSB, and then I gonna just, I gonna just run that program red. I gonna program what the KSB. So like I said, sometimes I may keep. Maybe out of that one program that I create, I might keep maybe three or four sequences, and then I go on again, and I make another program. So the, the program was just basically the stack of songs all over the different places where the case. I don't know if you ever watch Timbaland do his thing. He just have songs where the case be, and he just hit them. And I like that. I didn't know where the song them was. So when you load them in, it's it gonna be all. It, gonna be, it might be a snare. It might be a kick. You know, it might be all over the place. But I like that the fact that, you know, you just hit it. And when you hit it, it just gives you an idea or, or, or just guides you in another way. That's why I always prefer programming on a drum machine. Whereas now in the computer now, if you're looking for vibes and you're looking for that snappy vibes with the KSB, unless you have a, unless you have a template, you know, everything has to load. Or you got to go looking for this, you got to looking for that with the KSB. So I always prefer the drum machine over the laptop or controllers or any other other stuff. After all these years, what is your favorite drum machine? MPC three thousand. Wow. <laughs> I I my guess was the twenty five hundred, but you said the three thousand. Okay. No, it's not awesome. Three thousand. But just life, you know, just it just sounded good. It just real. You had a lot of times you. You will think that um, you might see something and you figure it is a limitation. One twenty-eight. You had only one, only one hundred and twenty-eight songs. I think you could have had total. Mm -hmm. But you walk that, and you walk the songs them until you know. So the three thousand were just life. I I I learned a lot on a three thousand. I did a lot a lot of work on a three thousand. Um, the rest of that was like I said they got they got better at some things they got more sound more memory and all that stuff um, but the 3000 was just that that guy for me was just the guy <laughs> now two part question what would you tell 15 year old daddy Jones and would you change anything about your journey Tell fifteen-year-old Daddy Jones, get organized. Mm. Put your dogs, your dogs in a row. Organize yourself. Set up yourself. Set up yourself for the future. 
business wise business wise um i wouldn't change anything um because like i said everything is a is a, is a, a lot of process but if, if, if anything was to change it would definitely be more to the financial aspects of it and looking at to that i think that would, that would be the only um regrets that i have that capitalizing and a lot of situations that I have a good situation that I, I have been in um, like I said I've been rolling rolling so much that this downtime put you, put you back into mind as the stuff that you that you, you should have done um, could have done so that's why I definitely tell myself you know prioritize mm-hmm. put your dogs in order and you should be you'll be fine <laughs> you'll be fine 30 years from now <laughs> yeah yeah who, after 30 years, who inspires you today? Um, to be, I don't, I don't get much inspiration today like I used to. I think I'm more, right now, I kind of more inspiring myself. Mm. Contrary to, to back then. So, I mean, I guess stuff that I like, I guess stuff that, um, you know, maybe might might put me in a mood. I like, I like. Um, there's an album for for Damian Marley, Junior Gun. Um, that's the same album that has on. Um, Everybody wanna be somebody. Mm-hmm. That that inspires me. When I could listen to the album and then get to a point. Um, I I like cool play. Coldplay and, and a big fan of Coldplay. One of my favorite bands. <laughs> um, and, you know, just the other day, I, I was watching a documentary on the changes of what they were going through and that just blew my mind as well. Even before, I didn't still understand what they were going through album-wise um, and the way it is that they were thinking the thought process of going on. So that blew my mind. Um, Chronics. Mm. Next put me puts me on a, on, a, on a level. Um, if I want to, if I thinking about doing something live, um, or looking for an inspiration for me for live, I will listen to Kassav live. Mm, classic. So right. So like I said, these are just things that I've learned that just puts me in a mood. But as far as like a producer or anything like that inspiring me right now um not really it's just a, a lot a lot going on right about now so ain't really like no more you know remember that time you, you used to just get like a, a a bad beat like i mean like like um i was just listening to big pimping uh-huh Remember those type of those type of beats like Big Pimpin, um, even the Smoker Stays, um, Trinidad, Song for Marshall, Battle of Rum. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Remember when we had, when those rhythms, I said, I, I miss that. That's the part I wanted to get back to. I mean, Before the song starts, you, you already love it. I'm telling you. So this, where we at right now, Paul, you know, everybody just, you know, Trying out an eight away to just give you this water dunk type of 
I wanted to get past that. So you, th wanna... you, you think the music has become microwavable? Yes. Yes, it, it is. Um, to me, it, to me it, it's, it's, it's coming too easy. It, come, it comes too easy. Mm. And, and, you know, it, it's a lot cheaper to produce, you know? Um, yeah. No longer the days when you really have to, re have to rely on a physical CD or a physical record, you know? You can literally write, produce, sing, mix, master, and put it out to the world in one day. Exactly, literally. Literally. But like I said, anything that comes that, that easy... You know, so if even for for me as a as a as from thinking from a producer point, when I sit down to produce, you know, like I said, I just sit down and just put down idea, just get the ideas and run with it for you And this idea, I probably ain't gonna get back to this idea here till maybe maybe March next year or maybe January or some other time. And that's what they do. I just sit, put them down, put on the ideas, and sketch, 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 put them down. And then go back, let's take maybe two weeks off of it, three weeks off of it, go back and listen to it, and then see how it makes me feel then. And then that will decide where it is I'm going to go with it. Mm -hmm. um, maybe, like I said, that, that has been effective for me for years. Um, most of, like take for instance, PVI stuff. PVI stuff is definitely going to be a spin-off of where St. Thomas Carnival is and where St. Croix Carnival is. So between creating for St. Croix and St. Thomas, then it comes to, to PVI stuff. So like in the later years, I will start thinking about, about PVI from January. Mm -hmm. Where it is I want to go with it this year. Where it is we don't, we don't go in with the KSP. So now I know I come off of St. Croix because producing for St. Croix and producing for St. Thomas is, is two different things as well. You know, it, it, it just they, they, with the cultures, them... Even though we speak the same words, I have the case, we culture a slightly different, a slightly different approach to the music as well. And then, like I said, PVI is a whole other approach again. So, mm. just put those things into perspective. Interesting. What does success look like to Daddy Jones? Uh, as far as right now, Right now, and uh, well, and the, and the local scene, I've, I've been getting a lot of acknowledgements. Um, so that's that's looking up. Um, overall, I I feel like I have to to get all my thoughts and all my the, the, the gifts that I have. I need to get it out to the rest of the world. So success will look for me if when I start that process in teaching and showing what it is I could do, how it is I do it, and what's not. So that will be at the height for me. Right, right, right. What's what's the next big thing for you right now that you're working on? That is the next big thing for me. <laughs> <laughs> Is the next big thing for me. Um, I, I, like I said, I've, I've talked to, um, I've talked to a, a whole bunch of different people, and I've studied. I, I do a lot of YouTube, and even with the, um, with the conversation with, with Nigel, um, you know, you, you you have to put yourself out there. It's, it's not like, you know, yeah, you know, 
yeah, it's Daddy Jones with the KSP, but you know, who is Daddy Jones? You know what I mean? And for me to 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 brand myself to continue branding myself with the KSP so that people like Nigel, when they're looking for something so I thought to do, they could they could look for me and, and see from a different perspective as well. So I believe that that's the, the ultimate for me. I think um, most of them, I say I've, I've, I've had hits, I've done tracks, I've done with them, I've, I've worked with the best with the KSB, but I think that's the that's the end game for me. That's where I think I want to spill out this at the end of this, um, the Legacy Jones Legacy with the KSB. So. You're anticipating my questions because you knew the next one was what's your ultimate goal? Great. <laughs> <laughs> so Jones, this is a segment of the interview where I leave you on the planet alone to say whatever it is you want to say to the fans. This is the last planet is yours of the season. Daddy Jones, the planet is yours. First of all, I want to say compliments to the season to everyone. Um, I am grateful to be here. I always have a good conversation with Crispin. Um, every time I talk to him, um, I talk to you, I, I, I remember so much and still humble the way it is that we have done this conversation for so long with the KSB. And I know you treated the game as well. Um, and I'm sure your, your, your listeners are as well. So you're doing a very good job. To uh, all the listeners, um, you really um, humble me. Um, when you, tell you, you think about, every time I think about what it is that I have done, because at the end of the day, it, it, it is for you. Um, I love what I do. I really love it. But I think I love to see how people react to it more, even good or bad. I used to always say to myself, you know, when I when I when I pour on a rhythm. And I watch, I watch a girl face. I want to see her face skin up, or I want her to do, you know, some kind of face and expression with the case. Be that means, you know, I mean that they made them hit her in some type of way, or anybody to that extent. So um, that's this is what these are the things that I live for. I I love, like I said, I love what it is I do. I I still get butterflies in my stomach every time I got to go play. Um, if I don't get butterflies, there's something wrong. The next one go well. I, I still have to go through that feeling of that and that nervousness and all that with the KSB until I strike the first note. After I strike the first note, that's it, you know. Um, and I tell this joke all the time, you know, I think Daddy Jones and Alwyn is two different people. <laughs> um, yeah, Alwyn is a, you know, the nice, quiet, and uh, Daddy Jones just always uh, up for it, up for a fight, up for whoever. So when Daddy Jones come out, that just turns into just somebody else with the case. That's, that's just who I am. So I'm alone. Enough respect. So. All right, Jones. How do we contact you? Drop your social media handles. Everything. Um, social media: Facebook, Alwyn Baptiste, Instagram, Daddy Jones Z. Um, look out for the YouTube channel. Um, probably somewhere around the middle of January, God sparingly. Um, I know this pandemic and all this other stuff are going on with the case. So, um, 
If you need me, you can send me an email, Danny Jones 2000 at Gmail or DJ ATC at me. Um, like I said, you need production, you really just need a conversation with the case. I really appreciate Good to go. Rolling. Definitely. Alwyn Daddy Jones Baptiste, the maestro, the legend himself. I cannot thank you enough for joining me on Planet 30. Well appreciated, brother. Well appreciated. All right. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of Planet 30. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at OnPlanet30. Like us on Facebook.com slash Planet30. Our email address is onplanet30 at gmail.com. That's O-N-P-L-A-N-E-T-T-H-I-R-T-Y at gmail.com. For more information about Planet 30, visit our website, planet30.com. That's P-L-A-N-E-T-T-H-I-R-T-Y dot com. I am Crispin Brooks, and this is Planet 30.